reaching out to God, just asking for the Spirit of God to meet with us this morning, welcome His Holy Spirit among us today. So I look out, <clears throat> just see the vast variety of ages, experiences, hurts, <coughs> times of joy and pleasure. But as I look out, I just see an awesome group of people. That's how God sees us. Remember a few years ago, back in the <clears throat> Beacon Centre, we were we met together one night, and Ben White was uh, with us, and we were singing singing the chorus, "You are beautiful beyond description, too marvellous to words, too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing seen." or heard. As we expressed our praise and our honour and worship of Jesus, Ben said, you know what? He said, actually, God's singing that love song over you. And it was a really beautiful moment. God looked at his people through Jesus and says, you are beautiful beyond description. Too marvellous for words. Too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. And in that moment, we just were able to capture the wonderful work of Jesus in our lives and how turning us round and presenting us faultless before the throne and having the beauty of Jesus in our lives that's how God sees his people, and that's how God sees us this morning. Awesome. Church is awesome. Did you want to say something, Kay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we, I remember that too, the vision we had, yeah. So, Father, we, we come before you this morning We know our weaknesses, Lord. We know all that we'd really want to be. But who we are in Jesus is so amazing. Help us to appreciate who we are, Lord, in you afresh today as we come to your word in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Okay, let's uh, let's read from Acts five. Now we've been quite quite a few weeks in Acts five. 
And in a minute, I'm just going to pick up one or two things from, from previous weeks. I mean, if I picked up a chair this morning, you'd know what I was saying, wouldn't you? Would you? <laughs> I remember, Bob picked up a chair and pointed, pointed the legs at us, so every preacher has to have a chair now, don't they? <laughs> I hope you didn't trip over any bodies this morning. So if someone comes up to you and says, you're drop-dead gorgeous, don't take any notice of them. Acts chapter 5, and uh, I'm going to start at verse 11, just to pick up on last week. You remember <coughs> the couple Ananias and Sapphira. Um, it's quite awesome, really, that their names are recorded in the history of church. When you think of the powerful book that the Word of God is, and you think of the mysterious way it's being compiled, and how perfectly complete it is within itself, revealing all that divine truth to us, going back in the history of creation and looking forward to future times that it's all there for us to see and right in the middle you have the names of two people who God dealt with to have your name in God's word like that it's quite an awesome thing isn't it thankfully and according to God's grace we're not mentioned but I wonder what They'd have put over if if they were putting gravestones up in those days. What would they have written? We like to put things on people's gravestones that we have happy memories about, or if they achieved wonderful things, you you might it might get on there in some way, but it's a memory, isn't it? And this is how our story begins today. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of those things. What's going to make us sit up and listen? What's going to make us appreciate what God has done for us? What's going to make us turn again, as it were, and recapture some of the wealth and the beauty of God's word, recapture some of the amazing things that God says recapture again the beauty and the wonder of creation what's going to make us turn again what's going to what's going to sit on the awesomeness of our lives before god what's going to make us reflect again of god's grace and his goodness to us this morning great fear came upon that church great fear not saying we want these things but it's there for a reason isn't it God would have not allowed it into his book if it wasn't saying to us something this morning. Lord, we honour this point this morning of being together. It's an awesome thing for God's people to be meeting together in the name of Jesus. An awesome thing. An awesome thing. Great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. Now, many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people 
by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. What is our reputation in our community? What is the reputation of the church in Herne Bay? Every congregation, how does it speak into the community? None of the rest dared join them and the people held them in high esteem. We only have to turn on our televisions and know that the church is often the object of ridicule. It's material for comedy. It gives good material for comedy. It would be lovely, wouldn't it, if the church had that same respect today. God, raise your church up and, and give us give us a relationship with our community that's, that's like that. Verse 16, sorry, verse 15, verse 14, sorry. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Fear, and yet people were coming and being added. Multitudes, sometimes we just want to sit on some of these words, don't we? That are in God's word. Multitudes of both men and women. So that they even, or as an NIV says, and as a result of this, they carried out the sick into the streets. And I thought, that's such an amazing thing, isn't it? They carried the sick out into the streets. But then we read on. They did just dump them there. They laid them on mats. And they laid them on beds. That's the care. That's telling us that they were bringing people that they might be cared for, that they might be healed. They weren't just dumped there. They brought them and they laid them on mats. That as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. We don't tell that that actually did anything for the people, but that's what they did. They laid them there that Peter's shadow might fall on them. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. We're not told that it did. Verse 16, the people also gathered from around towns around Jerusalem. You remember Jesus had said the gospel would be would been for Jerusalem, to Samaria, to Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You notice here in Jerusalem, it's now breaking out to the surrounding towns and villages. Such was the message, the power of the message through the Holy Spirit that was now breaking out. The people also gathered from towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Amazing times. But I believe that's a little picture of God wants for us at Beacon here at Vibe, that we actually move on from where we are 
bringing the grace and the mercy of God to people around us. We only have to turn on our televisions and listen to the news and listen to the different things they're trying to do to improve mental problems, to improve diverse situations, things that are becoming uncontrollable. And the church has the answer. Jesus has the answer. And I believe that's very key for us this morning, as you'll see later. Verse 17, but then this all-time opposition comes again, but the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison, but during the night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this, this life. Go and speak all the words of this life. And so that commission which Jesus had earlier given to his disciples is exactly the same thing. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And do all these things that I have commanded you to do. And this is where we are. Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Verse 21, and when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the office came, they did not find them in prison, so they returned and reported. We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them... We found no one inside. Wow. Now the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these words, and they were greatly perplexed about them. I bet they were. Wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, Look, these men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them. But not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed, by hanging him on a tree. And this is a little jewel in our passage this morning. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and saviour to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Our song has we have sung about the exaltation of Jesus. That's the object of our worship. And when we come to worship in a few moments, let us exalt his name. 
Let us lift up his name. Put his name on high. That is the only effective way we have, really, of doing that in worship this morning, is to sing his praise. This same Jesus, God has exalted and lifted up. Isn't it wonderful that we can join in with that this morning? And exalt his name together. Together. That's, that's the dynamic. That's the power. It's that togetherness which we're coming to in a moment. Verse 32. And we are witnesses to these things, and, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honour by all the people, stood up and gave orders to be put to the men outside for a little while. And he said to the men of Israel, Take care, take care what you're about to do with these men. For before these days, Judas rose up claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. That was Judas. Think about Jesus. Jesus claimed to be somebody, but he was true. And it says, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. We've already got 3,000 souls added and more thousand people added. A greater following there. He was killed, so was Jesus. But we still remember his death and his resurrection today. And all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. And those who followed him in Herm Bay are here today. And in the Baptist and at Christ Church. His name is not forgotten, is it? The power of the gospel is so much greater. So, so this Gamaliel, he's, he's, what he's saying is, you know, things have happened. And if, but if you, if you oppose God, it, you will come to nothing. His church stands unique for time and in, ter- in eternity. So verse 38, so in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone, for if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow it. And that's true, isn't it? That's why we're here today. It's not been overthrown. When I looked out this morning and saw the awesomeness of God in the people of God, this is it. (laughs) Nothing to stop it. Not even persecution can stop it. Think of all the martyrs that have given their lives for the sake of the gospel and still... The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ marches on with power. Verse 39, But if it is God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. And when they had called in the apostles 
they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonour for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Amen. We should not cease to preach and teach Jesus Christ. That is our purpose. That's the message that's been given to the church. To lift up the name of Jesus and preach him. Looking back to last week, the story of Ananias and Sapphira is actually flying in the face of this next part, which we have read this morning. And just remind us that we can't play fast and loose with a church, with a house of God. Attendance, giving, support, praying, one anothering, prioritizing, holiness, protecting, serving, helping. Sometimes the church, our church, seems to take second place. What is our attitude to the body of Christ? What is our attitude to the body of Christ? John Stott was the man who said that we cannot play fast and loose with God's church. And as we come together this morning, maybe the Holy Spirit impress upon us how wonderful and how awesome we are. Now we're not celebrating ourselves, but Jesus, because it is him who has saved us and redeemed us this morning. Hallelujah. When I opened uh, the book of Acts, I had gave to you the word expectation. And as we, we go through the book of Acts, we, we learn each time there's something we can expect to happen if we follow through with the commission that Jesus Christ first gave, and then through the apostles. Um, expectation was born out of the infant church that we might also be infused with expectation of greater things in Beacon here at the Vibe. Peter and John, you remember that they were seized, and then they were let go, and then they rejoined the company of the, the early church, then at that stage... And they got together to pray about it. And it was a bit like this. God, you hear their threats, but stretch out your arm to heal and to save through your holy servant Jesus. That was their prayer. Is that our prayer this morning? Lord, stretch out your hand to heal and to save through your holy servant Jesus. They asked, too, for the power of the Holy Spirit to speak the word boldly. They were claiming kingdom authority. You know, we have a right to claim kingdom authority. Do you realize who God has made us? We also looked at ways to witness. And taking up the idiom that would describe a healthy church culture... Everyone a witness. Everyone a witness. You remember? And then I described about different ways we could witness. That is the culture of the church. It's not just left 
to the one and the two. Everyone is a witness. This morning I want to work around another similar idiom, every member ministry. You, we saw the, 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 the early church bringing people into the streets and they saw how the apostles healed them and they saw the power being manifest through the early church this morning. And when I talk about early every member ministry, what do I actually mean? Well, first of all, we must consider one important thing that we read this morning. That despite the fear and the opposition that was going on, those people being born again of the Spirit of God, accepting Jesus Christ as Saviour, were added. Were added to the church. That's quite significant. It wasn't a come and go, please as you like, do one thing. They committed themselves wholeheartedly to their local community of believers. In a sense, it doesn't matter sometimes which community it is, but whichever community it is, go with it and stick with it. I heard a little humorous phrase many, many years ago. I've thought about it from time to time. It doesn't say a lot, really. But it said there's two types of people in the church, the, the, the pillars and the caterpillars. Those that hold the church up and those that creep in and out. And it says something, doesn't it? But this morning, we're just looking at this awesome church. And being added is one way we can demonstrate what we think of God's church. Being added. As I said, the church has become an object of ridicule. And if we take a summary of history, and I'm talking about the history of Israel, and also talking about the time from when Jesus came, and it's amazing in the sense that our dating system goes from Jesus... That's universal, worldwide, from Jesus, from Jesus till now. Take the summary of history. The nation of Israel was a problematic time, and it's still problematic today. But in that time and over that situation, God has declared himself in this. He said it through the prophet Ezekiel, to the problematic nation of Israel, he said, despite them not being able to better their situation, he said, they will be my people and I will be their God. They will be my people and I will be their God. That has never stopped. That's still God's heart and still God's intention. How do I know that? Because when you read at the, book, the end of, of the Revelation, that amazing book, the revelation that God gave to his servant John. At the end of that, in chapter 21, we read about the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. And at the conclusion of said, they have become my people and I have become their God. So I know that's what's gone God's heart. And this morning we are gathered together here because we're the people of God. 
being added. From that time in the past to the final drawing aside of the curtain, where God draws the curtain aside, I have become their God and they have become my people. And we need to recognize that and to honor that, that we're not here just haphazardly or by chance. We're here because we've accepted his son, Jesus Christ. And because of that, that's a unique thing that we are. How do we demonstrate that? Being added, we have to use an unfortunate word called membership. It's something you can not purely um, preach about from the scriptures because there's nothing really talks about membership, but we find it in those terms like being added. Being added to God's local church. And we read about being members one of another, talking about the body of Christ. But being added, what does this mean? It's my, it's my commitment. So we, we use the unfortunate word membership to divine being added to a local community of people. It says, I'm in, I belong. That's my commitment. We want to come into the fellowship and the benefits of this community. We want to be added in. And it's also helpful for the leaders to know who they're responsible for. The leaders of churches are shepherds. During the time of Israel's history, God didn't have a good word to say about the shepherds of Israel. I remember Mick taught us about the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And as leaders of churches today, we, we should be modelling ourselves on Jesus, who is the good shepherd. But when we become members in God's church, the leaders need to know who they're shepherding. Being added gives that affirmation. Say, I know who's caring for me. But in 1 Peter 2, 9, this is what he said about those who are part of God's church. You are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. A people for God's own possession. And here we pick up that thought again. What God declared for his own people Israel declares for all those who come to faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I will be their God and they will be my people. In his kingdom, we're top brass. You know what top brass are, don't you? The people with the highest positions of authority. You just think about that at the moment. What Peter has just said makes you and I so unique in the church of the living God. How we're using that authority is a good question. But we have to know we're top brass in his kingdom. We're actually top notch in his kingdom. And it's just that considering our identity in Jesus. It doesn't say a lot, it says something about us but it says more about the Saviour who gave his life for us and what he's done for us. He's given us identity which is second to none. 
and he's placed us in his kingdom to do his will. So we come to the next bit. Being added, added into the local church to this other idiom which I said. Every, everyone a witness and every member ministry. A man I mentioned just now, John Stott, an Anglican theologian, well-known, well-renowned, good man, gave good instruction to the church overall. Many people quote him. He said if the 16th century recovered the priesthood of all believers, that is, every Christian enjoying direct access to God through Christ, perhaps the 20th century will recover the ministry of all believers. The recovery of the ministry of all believers. And that is, every Christian receiving from the Holy Spirit a spiritual gift to minister to others as he enabled. What is your spiritual gift? Do you know what it is? Do you realize that God wants you to have a supernatural gift? Do you realize that God has given you authority here and in the heavenlies at another level that you don't fully realize? God has given us authority in his kingdom. So let's recover the ministry of all believers and we'll see what that is. Every Christian receiving from the Holy Spirit a spiritual gift to minister to others as he enables. In Ephesians 4:11, we read these words, and he, that's the Holy Spirit, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for ministry. Do we feel equipped this morning for ministry? Now that's strange, isn't it? How can you equip a dead person? Well, you can't. But a lot of people think saints are only dead people. St. Jerome, St. Michael, St. John, whoever. How can you equip dead people? This is talking about equipping the saints. That's you and me. The equipping of the saints is God's work and it's the manifest work of the Holy Spirit. This is the amazing, awesome church of the living God. Let's move on. 1 Corinthians 14. What shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come, when you come together... Each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. This is how the church was being up in this passage which we have read this morning. God wants to equip us here at Beacon with spiritual gifts. If we know that spiritual gift, that's good. Let's move out and work in it. I'm going to read John Stott again. 
The New Testament concept of the pastor is not of a person who jealously guards all ministry in his own hand and successfully squashes all initiatives, but one who helps and encourages all God's people to discover, develop, and exercise their gifts. Thus, instead of monopolizing all ministry himself, he actually multiplies ministries. The New Testament envisages not a single pastor with a docile flock, but both a plural oversight and every member ministry. Every member ministry. That's the New Testament norm. And so this morning, we just want to discover what our spiritual gift is. Now I'm just going to read that list in Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 11. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Can you receive that word this morning? To each? Don't look to me, or Steve, or John, or Bob when he comes, or any other leader. To each, God has given the manifestation of the Spirit. Every member, ministry. This builds up the body of Christ. This builds up the body of Christ. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, this is amazing, to another, the working of miracles. Now, who's that going to be this morning? Hmm? Who's going to work miracles this morning? (laughs) Who's going to work miracles? But it's there in the list, isn't it? How can we bless other people? Every member, ministry. Working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Just to conclude, Paul writing to the church says, Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Is that our lesson this morning? Earnestly desire the supernatural gifts. That's what it's saying. Earnestly desire. Every member, ministry. This is how the church was formed and it was growing. This is what was happening. The people were being blessed. In that prayer they said, stretch out your arm, O Lord, to heal and to save. Not to save, 
but to heal and to save. Let that prayer be the same. And as I close, this is just by way of reminding, being added to Beacon Church, we have a vision and values book. It's a book that's given to people who say, yeah, I'm in. I want to be added into Beacon Church. I want to commit myself to the work of God in this place with these people in this town of Herne Bay. And it gives us the biblical norms, you know, for being added in. So as we come to worship now, let us pray that we might in some way be to exercise those gifts that are at use in the body of Christ. Wisdom, revelation, knowledge that we may build up the body of Christ. Thank you. Rachel, Mick's gone. <laughs>